there. I'm Andrea Koppel, and it's time for Coffee, the podcast where you get to hear firsthand what the jobs and careers that interest you the most are really like. Hey there, Java junkies. Welcome to another K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. By the way, K-Cups come in three sizes, single, double, and triple shots, or roughly one minute, five minutes, or 10 minutes in length. So if you don't have time to throw back an entire caffeinated career conversation, these K-Cup mini episodes of T4C can give you a quick caffeinated fix, whether you're on the go or you only have a few minutes to binge. So grab your mug and take a chug, because it's time for a caffeinated career triple shot K-Cup with my guest, Matt Zahn. Can you break down for us what are the key components to a great story? Absolutely. So I'll give you, well, actually, let's, let's talk about this. So in my opinion, I think the greatest storytellers in the world today are Pixar screenwriters. Okay. I think they do a fantastic job of utilizing elements of story. Now, what's interesting about that is all of them utilize something called the hero's journey. And the hero's journey, there was a professor, Joseph Campbell. He developed this whole idea where he did an intense study on different stories, uh, religious stories, different stories that people have mentioned over the years, different stories that sell, different stories and books and movies. And he basically came up with a formula that he called the hero's journey. Now, when we're talking about Pixar, they can go through the 12 stages of the hero's journey in a two-hour major motion picture, right? They're dumping $200 million into a movie. They should be able to cover those elements. When we're sharing a 30-second message or when we're sharing a two-minute story, obviously, we can't go through all the elements of the hero's journey. However, there's one element that we absolutely need to include, and that's a huge part of the hero's journey, and that is... Ordinary world, new reality. Ordinary world, new reality. If you think about Pixar and you think about Disney, Disney bought Pixar. Disney now incorporates a lot of the hero's journey. Disney bought Marvel. Disney bought Star Wars. They all are utilizing this strategy of the hero's journey. When you think about movies like that made today, typically you have a main character. They're going through their ordinary world and then boom. They hit a wall and they need to get over that wall and they need a mentor to pull them over that wall and that becomes their new reality. That is so important. In the political world, the ordinary world is where you are and then buy into my policy initiative and this will be the new reality. In the sales world, it's here's where you are, invest in my service or my product, here will be the new reality. So a key element of storytelling is incorporating that within the story. Excellent. So having been on your LinkedIn page, and if you're not following Matt Zahn on LinkedIn, you need to follow him. He posts many times every day. My feed is full of Matt Zahn's updates. (laughs) He breaks down the three components in the following way. Grab their attention, speak under pressure, persuade with power. 
Yeah, a lot of that, a lot of that's regarding my training. So when I work with someone one on one or in a workshop setting, I'm, I'm really going through those elements. From a LinkedIn perspective, I like to to think of it as CAT, C A T, connection, appreciate, trust. So every time I post, I'm thinking when I post this. Is my network going to connect with it? And I don't mean a connection request. I mean, are they going to really connect with the message? The A, are they really going to appreciate this? And T, are they going to trust me more by posting it? So the T element, sometimes I'll post things in regards to my family. I will have a business element intertwined, but it's a way to build trust. So for instance, my, my six-year-old son, I told him, you know, once I hit a certain goal of mine, I'm going to buy you a Nintendo Switch. So I posted that on LinkedIn. It's a great business story, right? So from someone that is trying to aspire to do something, I had a goal. My son asked me every single day, when are you buying my, my Nintendo Switch? So it was a kick in the pants for me. It was a motivator. But why I posted that was to build trust with my audience. I'm not just some guy on LinkedIn anymore. Now I'm connecting with people because now they know I'm a father. I often will post different things my wife talks to me about in business. My wife is unbelievably good at business. I, I consider her a business genius. She is an, an HR IT whiz and she does amazing things for her company that she works for. And often she gives me incredible advice in business. So I'll make sure to post that to talk about that. And I'm doing it to build trust with my audience. So C-A-T, connection, appreciate, and trust. Is it fair to say that someone's personal elevator pitch, when, for example, our young listeners are going out for an interview with a prospective employer for an internship or a job, also requires great storytelling? A personal or a business elevator pitch? Personal. Absolutely. There's, a, there's a, a storytelling element to that. So from a job interview perspective, it may be a little bit different than, than networking, for instance. So when we're talking LinkedIn or we're talking networking events like a Zoom networking event or even an in-person networking event, that's a little bit different. From, a, from an interview perspective, I would say there's absolutely stories intertwined. One of, one of the... the, the unbelievably important things about having a story bank for an interview is often when you're meeting with a hiring manager, when that individual, when, when he or she is asking a question, often there's an emotion attached to that too. And the, the individual needs to do a good job doing research, understanding the company or the organization before they walk in and try to figure out why would this person be asking this? Are they asking that question from a place of fear? So someone's going, into an interview and they're interviewing for a sales job. And some of the questions would lead them to believe that there's high turnover there. And that hiring manager absolutely needs that sales representative to meet their quota for the month. Can they position that with a story that, that explains their expertise, that gives that person an understanding of what they've done in the past to be successful? But it could be coming from an emotional element of fear or excitement or anger or sadness. Oftentimes people ask me, how does sadness come up in an interview? If someone says that they have an incredible team 
And COVID has been a struggle for them because they love being around their team members and they miss them and Zoom isn't the same. Well, now that person can connect with that sadness by saying, I know exactly how you feel. I worked in, in positions in the past where we had tight-knit teams and it was a family-type element and we had each other's backs and we loved it. And it, it, was, it was really tough being apart from one another. So there's different elements that, yes, you absolutely need to use story in an interview. And you really need to understand that there's, there's emotional elements coming up that you need to identify and then connect with. Would you say that you have always been a good or great storyteller? Or do you think that this is something that you have honed over the course of your career? I love that question. No, I was, a ter- I was terrible, terrible years ago. So I'll give you a story. <laughs> a story of course. After this. So my link into politics, if you will, was I had a conversation that I didn't realize at the time was the last conversation that I would ever have with my grandfather. I had this amazing conversation. It was at his dining room table, and he was really frustrated with the direction that that things were going politically, both sides. He was just so frustrated. He was a World War II veteran. He Half his hand got blown off during a combat mission. He received his Purple Heart. He was one of the most incredible individuals I've ever met. He was one of the most giving people I've ever met. Like he was an individual in the community that wanted to help people as much as possible. And he had this conversation with me where he implored me to get involved in politics, telling me the importance of working with leaders that had courage and integrity, regardless of what side of the aisle they're in. He, he basically said, like, we need to bring this together. We need to work. You, you need to work on this. And then he passes away, and I felt a sense of duty, of obligation to start getting involved in the political world. And the problem with that was I could talk to people one-on-one, but I couldn't do any kind of public speaking or inspiration or story. I was terrible at it. So what I did was I got involved in tons of different campaigns behind the scenes, primarily in a research capacity. And then I started helping them on policy initiatives in a research capacity. And I got hired by a gentleman that really wanted me to focus on public policy. It was almost like a public policy manager, if you will. He had all these ideas. He said, here are my ideas, put them down in the form of a bill. So hopefully one day they could become law. And a few weeks into this new job that I had, I'll never forget, he said, all right, well, now I need you to help me sell it. And I remember thinking to myself, I I wasn't hired to be a sales representative for you. And he said, no, he said, having an idea is one thing. Getting buy-in from other people is what actually matters. I need you to help me sell this. He said, there's a a group of people that are going to be meeting in a couple of days from today. And I can't make that meeting. I have another obligation. So I need you to go and speak on my behalf. And I remember going to this meeting, him telling me I had to go a few days in advance was probably the worst thing for me. I couldn't sleep leading up to this meeting. I remember him saying that the people at this meeting are completely and entirely opposed to this initiative. And what's more, they hate me. So more than likely, death by association, they will hate you too. Choose your words very carefully. And I remember going, and I wish I could tell you that it went better than I'd expected. I wish I could tell you that my my fears were completely unjustified. It was an absolute disaster. 
I stuttered, stammered, had sweaty palms. I knew what to say, but at that time I couldn't say it because I didn't know how to articulate a point in that regard. And I remember after this meeting was over, running out to my car, slamming the door and literally yelling, that'll never happen again. I don't know what it's going to take, but I'm going to learn how to share a message. So because I love research and because I love diving in and all these different elements when it came to a data type perspective, I started researching and figuring out what do the greatest orators of our time do to inspire others. And I became a student. I spent hours a day studying, researching, reading, figuring out what makes someone like a Martin Luther King Jr. How does an individual like that inspire others to action? How, and there's all these different people, like you, you watch their speeches, you, you listen to their speeches, there's elements that they do to really drive home their points and then inspire others to the action that they want. And because I already was involved in the political world, and I'd been on so many campaigns at that point from a research perspective, I already had a network of a lot of different politicians. So as I was learning this, I started writing these messages for those politicians. And then that led me to a lot of political messaging strategy and political speech writing. And, and it took off from there. So to answer your question, I was an absolute disaster when it came to storytelling and public speaking. So the fact that I do public speaking and storytelling and coaching as a profession is insane. If you would have told me a decade ago that this is where I'd be, I probably would have passed out just due to the anxiety that it would have caused me. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to this K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. If you want to listen to our entire caffeinated career conversation, please check out the show notes for this episode. Thanks so much for listening to Time for Coffee, where the professionals in the jobs that most interest you always have time to grab coffee 24-7, no matter where you live. I have one quick favor to ask you. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to Time for Coffee. Thanks so much. Thanks so much.